Brace yourselves, custom coders. Just when you think COVID shutdowns, shipping delays, and raw material shortages are over, another ticking time bomb has appeared on the horizon that we should all prepare for. Gabe the Sage from Crosslink Paints is back on the show and offers us some sound advice to navigate the road ahead. He's gone through some biblical disasters of his own, but nothing has stopped him yet. It's only made him sharper and wiser. Get ready to level up your powder coder game. Welcome to the Powder Coder Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Scott, where we talk about trending topics and interview influencers so that you can grow your powder coating biz. Today, we have a repeat guest, official repeat guest. This is the second time coming on the show, Gabe Baragas from Crosslink Paints. His first show was Back in about a a little over a year ago, we did a show and let me share my screen here. And it was episode 21, how to powder like a pro in 2021. Now we're back again. And this show, what we covered was essentially what I use your website for or your company for where we buy paints that match a lot of the commercial paints that are powders that we use like tiger dry lac we also order some rouse from you as well and i have done quite a bit of ordering <laughs> probably not as not your biggest client but here in hawaii when things are so far away from us we always like to have that backup system that touch up Uh, paint can uh, to match the same sheen and powder color. And so I've done a lot of ordering because we've done a lot of commercial jobs this year. So tell us a little bit, I'm going to pull up your website here. Tell us a little bit about Crosslink and what it does. Yeah. And Kim, thank you very much for letting me join you on your show a second time. I enjoyed these podcasts very much. And and learning also about the industry as well, too. It's, it's a never-ending learning process, so I love to educate myself, and I spend quite a few times watching your podcast to further my knowledge here. So thank you very much. Yeah. Anyways, my name is Gabe Vargas. I'm the current general manager of uh, the company Crosslink Paints and LVP Paints. We are an e-commerce online uh, website. We also do have one store in Dallas, Texas, where we primarily sell architectural type paints. And we also are applicators of powder coating products. So we see our products being made for for resale and we do internally use them as well too in our own operations. It's cool when you see your product being used in a live scenario. But yes, Kim, this is our online website here where we do sell our paints online where you can purchase and see all types of products that we have here. We're very popular in custom color matching. So if you do send us a sample, we can then custom color match uh, a a product for you guys, tailor it specifically to color and gloss level. We just now started to offer paint supplies. So we've become a little bit bigger in this market. We look to broaden our footprint here and make our website a one-stop shop for people that want to start a paint job. So they don't have to go to multiple vendors and purchase multiple times. Yeah, you are literally a crossover paint store because 
you um, sell the powders. So sometimes when you are getting into the industry, you don't necessarily always have or can afford the larger purchase size in like Tiger Drylac has five pounds or 44 pound boxes. Sometimes they split it in 22 pound boxes and maybe you just need a small project. You can actually go to Crosslink and order a smaller quantity of uh, Tiger Drylac or some of the larger paint companies like Cardinal. I think I've ordered some Cardinal from you too, because we don't order a lot of Cardinal or get a lot of requests, but TCI, these are all really great powder coating companies, but they always require something that has more than maybe what you need. So you can actually come to Crosslink to order a smaller quantity, like a pound or two pounds of Tiger or whatever TCI. But the other thing that we use you for is if we do have a Tiger client or a customer that we've just powder coated, for instance, we just did some railings for a local mall where they're installing a new Denny's and we did uh, it in a tiger color. And we actually ordered the matching touch-up paint in a pint, just a pint in case something, because these particular railings needed to be in set in concrete. And sometimes that's a messy job and sometimes things can get scratched up. So I've trained my contractors pretty well now where I'm always like, you want to order that extra paint just in case? Oh, absolutely. So I've got a handful of contractors now that I'm like already just automatically ordering this touch-up paint. So that's usually what I'm ordering from you. Sometimes it's that $7.95 touch-up that keeps you from uh, getting that $10,000 check. That's a good point. It's very affordable and cheap and it matches exceptionally well and does a very good job of preventing rust and, and of course making that project look pretty. Yeah, your company is definitely one of those back pocket finds that I like to keep handy around for this kind of stuff, especially the bigger contractor stuff that we do around here. So that's awesome. That episode was primarily just about how I use your website. But today we're, oh, before I get started, I want to give a shout out. I forgot. I said I was going to do a shout out and I want to do a couple of really good shout outs. So before we get into the main topic, which is uh, a recent email that we got from you. I want to back up just a little bit because I got some really nice comments from people in the last few weeks that I just want to give these people a shout out. So can you bear with me, Gabe, while we go and do this? No problems. Awesome. Okay. The first one is actually a more recent one is from Tyler Wass. I just got an email from him. He's actually interested in our patina powder coat, but he also listens to the podcast And he loves it because he gets answers to questions that he didn't even have yet. (laughs) So (laughs) I like that because it really lets us know that we're trying to stay ahead of the curve. And this is part of what we're talking about today. This is right in there with that. Thank you, Tyler. That was a very nice compliment. Another one, I got a couple of them while I was at the powder coating uh, week conference in Orlando a few weeks ago. So I want to bring these guys up next. This guy is a huge fan of our podcast and he wants to say knowledge is power, as they say, and he travels a lot between his customers. Um, He spends most of the time on the road listening to our show. Most of the times I learn something new and actually implement what I have just learned from you. So thank you, Dion. Our next one is our number one listener in South Africa. Now, when 
I look, I know it's funny. We are hitting people all over the world. And what's nice about the podcast platform is on the back end, it shows where people are listening from. And of course, South Africa is highlighted. <laughs> and I'm like, who is in South Africa? Like I never, and I don't even know his name because he messaged me on our website mm. and it's just somebody, you don't really know their name, but he said some really nice things and he, that he's been in the industry for the past 10 years, but he's on the repair side, the maintenance of powder coating equipment and stuff. And he wants to know if we could reach out to a machine technician like Wagner, because we use a Wagner gun. And I did, it was so timely that I got this because I had actually just met some representatives of Gima, Wagner and the Sames Kremlin. So it is a goal of mine to get these people on. They tend to be shy and podcasting is new. So people don't really, they scratch their heads and huh, what? I didn't know there was a powder coater podcast. So a lot of the industry people are coming around to understanding that there is a podcast out there and they can come on the show anytime they want. So thank you. Oh, this guy here, this is Desmond Baker I, from Powder Dot, Louisiana. I met him at the powder coating conference. He has got to be one of the best coders I've ever seen in my life. He sent me this beautiful, stunning truck. So I'll get this going. So shout out to Desmond from Louisiana. Hope you're doing well. And I hope you're listening to this show, but this is the uh, video he sent me of, I think it's his boss's truck. It wasn't even his truck, but this thing is insane. I definitely Absolutely like it from what insane. I'm seeing here right now. <laughs> so hopefully everybody can see his lovely work and how stunning this is. My mouth dropped open when I saw it and he did every inch of this the leaf springs and the back front bumpers, the lift, yeah. the full lift kit, the toe hitches and stuff like that. So anyways. That is really cool. It is insane. It's nice that I do see like a lot of powder coating companies go online and post on various forms of social media on the work that they do. And I absolutely love it to see yeah. it because it's, it's something that you have to have a lot of perfection in. So I love seeing how Someone takes time to do great, great detail and stuff like that. Yeah, this is that shocker yellow. It is not an easy powder to shoot. And it's not as popular as some of the other prismatic powders, but it is mm -hmm. absolutely stunning. And he was quite proud of the work. I begged him yeah. to send me the link to this video and stuff. So his company, they don't really do a lot of this kind of work. They actually work on the oil rigs mm -hmm. in um, the Gulf and... I think his boss was giving me the eye, like, you're not going to hire him <laughs> yeah. and ship him to Maui. No way. And I'm like, no, I wish I had more customers like this. Most of my guys just want black rims. <laughs> but anyways, it's uh, so good to meet Desmond and all of his crew over at Powder Dot. But I know they were worried I was going to sneak him away back in my suitcase back to Maui. <laughs> and I think he secretly wanted to move out here too, but Anyways, that was my little shout out. <laughs> Desmond, nice truck. To Love Desmond, it. yeah. Anyways, okay, so let's get to the real topic. And it's a kind of a serious one. You sent an email blast out last week. And I felt it so timely because I had just come back from the Powder Coated Conference. And it was the first time I actually stayed through the whole week. I only had stayed for the first day last time because I was speaking in 2018. So 
didn't really have much of an interesting beyond that. And it was almost as if you had gone to that powder coating conference with me because I should have been there. But you should have. It was really powerful to meet a lot of people. I'll tell you, on the last day, they have the round table and it's just casual. It's not you just sit at where you want to sit and stuff. And you go through a series of questions about what's trending. And I found it so um, shocking, I guess. One of the questions was, how is the war with Russia and Ukraine going to affect your business moving forward or something like that? And I'm like, what's going on now? What's going on in Ukraine? I had no idea. And then all this somehow, all this unfolded really quickly here. And what I was shocked about it was that I think it was only like two or three weeks into this war and they're already bringing it up as on the last day as a topic for discussion. And I'm like, wait, what's in Ukraine? Apparently a lot of powder coating chemicals and stuff uh, is tied to Ukraine. And I think the whole world is waking up to that too. Most of what's being talked about now is gas and refinement in gas products, but there's a lot of other things going on. So that's what we're going to talk about today, right? Yes, definitely. I can elaborate on that here with how that's going to affect going forward on business as well. So in your email, and I'm going to bring it up here, you're starting off with the architectural coding industry has been experiencing a raw material shortage. Duh, we already knew that this was from the pandemic shutting down. I think earlier in the 2020-21, I want to say it was more about pigments, but I could be wrong. But there was already a raw material shortage happening in the summer of 2021. And then as things started to open up again, we were, phew, we dodged a bullet there. Okay. And now you didn't say anything about this, but I'm assuming it's about the war. Why don't you tell me what we can expect in 2022 moving into this continuing raw material shortage? Yeah, it's very unfortunate what's going on between Ukraine and, and Russia. I definitely prayers out to all the families, both sides of this deal here on what's occurring. Prayers to them that they'll be safe in this time of need. But yeah, definitely not good for the industry. Specifically, the thing that we're looking at here that this war has created was a rise in oil prices. It's skyrocketed and you saw some, saw some record highs here in the price of oil. One, yeah, it's definitely going to cost a little bit. Uh, more for transportation. Your ride to work is definitely going to be a little bit more expensive to fill up that tank every week. But oil also too, if you do break down what is in a barrel of oil, some of that product in there is uh, paints made out of it. So if the oil price of oil goes up, you're definitely seeing the price of paint trending up as well too. Yeah, I, I would say that it has a little bit of effect on it, definitely an effect on the, on the pricing of, of paint. But we haven't really, I guess, specifically seen a lot of news directly related to the paint industry about it, but I'm sure that this is coming down the line here for sure that the reason why that we have increases in paint products or in paint prices is definitely going to be because of of this war going on here and, and directly related with the price of oil. Yeah, we don't necessarily need those oil based products in the powders that we use, 
but it does affect paints directly as they are used in thinners and dissolvers of paint and stuff like that. One of the things that was talked about after this roundtable discussion, I'm just trying to get my head around it right then and there. Like I said, people listen to the show because I'm trying to stay ahead or get into the sort of the inside information or just out of my own curiosity, what's going on in our industry. Usually when you go to the powder coating week, it's a lot of industry people. They stay ahead of these things because they're doing so much volume and they bring in so much money. But as custom coders, we are left in the dark just because we're, we're solving a different problem or different need to consumers rather than large suppliers or large contractors. But during that discussion, it was about resins and that directly affects powders because yes. it's the additives and the binders that yes. come out of Ukraine. And maybe you can extrapolate a little bit more. Why is there so much of that in Ukraine? Or maybe you can, you know, unravel it uh, and unpack it for us a little bit. Yeah. So with the resin, what's going on there with why there is also a resin shortage as well, too. Well, some resin is made in America, but a lot of it comes out of China. And uh, what's going on is that there just is not, I think the material is there, but it's got to be made. And making resin is actually very dangerous as well. And with the effects that we had with COVID going on, the world is essentially behind and everyone is trying to catch up right now. And the orders that these resin manufacturers have is just at a level that they cannot keep up with. There's also a labor shortage as well, too. You definitely saw a shift in labor force, people going to work for jobs specifically to maybe more in the food industry or into safety apparel. There definitely was a, a labor shift in labor going on there. So back to the binder, the, yeah, the world's definitely behind right now. And the big paint companies right now are struggling to to keep up with this and to bring in more of this raw material in as China and other parts of the world catch up here on this. Also too is logistics is an issue. So this, if it is being bought from overseas, I heard that there is tons of logistic issues in, in, in California, bringing the stuff over, that there's way too many containers here in America and there's not enough going back over to China and China's having to, to make containers. Uh, that's another issue too, is also getting it to uh, us so that we can actually make use this raw material and put it into production. So along with China and other places, manufacturing being, being with a labor shortage, transportation going on, it's just really set up this, uh, this scenario here where we've had a raw material or a supply chain crisis as we're all calling it right now. Specifically the markets that this is hitting really bad, I would say number one, epoxies. Uh, the floor epoxy market is just getting hammered by this raw material shortage. Interior latex paints as well. Those ones got very bad, I would say, at the end of end of last year, Q3, Q4, uh, and also a little bit into Q1 this year as well. Our industry that I deal in mostly with industrial touch-up paints or industrial type paints, wet paint, we're seeing a pretty big hit in it right now, but it's also the colorants such as white that contains a element in it called uh, titanium dioxide or otherwise known as TiO2. So other colors, uh, yellows and oranges, uh, the raw materials to make those ones up have been very uh, hard to come by here. 
And this is definitely affecting most certainly building and construction companies. The automotive history, they've already been hit by a chip shortage, and now they're probably going to be getting hit by a paint shortage, finishing cars now. Restoration jobs. For the powder coating industry, though, on that side, there is some colors, not all, but some colors, there is some types of raw material shortages on them. But overall, it really hasn't affected the powder coating industry as we've experienced from the start of uh, COVID. There was you know, supply chain issues because people are now getting back to work and that quickly covered itself. But other than that, we haven't really seen other than maybe the turnaround time pushing out a little bit longer than normal. The powder coating industry, in my opinion, hasn't been hit as nearly as bad as latex paints, epoxy paints, and other industrial coatings. Yeah, and that titanium dioxide that you're talking about, that it's white. It literally goes in every freaking color there is. And I think there was some carbon issues too, like the black, because carbon is the one that goes in the blacks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there might have been something, I heard something about that. But it was eerie answering this question or getting people to answer this question. I, I think it took the room a little off or they weren't prepared. So maybe I guess it was a good thing because it shook things up a little bit. But I guess I walked away from, okay, are you saying run for the exits here? Are we going out and buying a bunch of toilet paper now? What does this mean for me as a small fry custom coder? Never mind the big industrial guys. I imagine they have people on staff. Do I need to order extra now? Uh, what does this mean for me? And I don't know if you can comment on that, but yeah. I'd like to know your opinion. Yeah, I could comment on this here. For the powder coating industry, I would say y'all aren't experiencing it as bad. In fact, I think there's going to be more people getting things powder coated actually because of the shortages in paint. So I think for y'all's industry, it's going to be very good. But if you do feel like your best friend here is going to be uh, talking to your vendors and being very transparent with them and collecting as much information as, as you can so that you can make the most appropriate decisions. So if there is something that does come down the line that you feel like there might be a possible shortage of, it, it definitely wouldn't hurt to maybe double up on that particular inventory, like such as like gloves or masks you know, that you guys commonly buy normally to, to use in your powder coating operation. It would not hurt at all to maybe double up on some types of inventory there. So for the powder coating industry, I definitely think you guys are okay. My industry here, we definitely have to become really creative in this time. I've had to work very closely with my vendors and they have been very helpful and very grateful for them for being transparent with me and helping me keep on task and bringing materials in as well too. For our industry here, we've had, I've had to actually order most of my stuff six months and also prepare for the future as well too. So companies that don't have a lot of cash or their cash is tied up, it's definitely going to be a very difficult time for them to stay afloat here. But for companies that do have the cash and able to spend money on extra inventory, they definitely will be benefiting from this scenario here. And you know, most likely for me, when we bought in extra inventory at the end of last year, we ended up seeing a very big influx of more business come in that I actually wasn't prepared for. Yeah. And having that extra inventory on hand really helped me out. And then I was also starting to see this unfold. I then reacted there and then started to place my orders a little bit further out more ahead of time and work with my vendors on keeping us supplied and, and, and keeping you guys with lots of touch up paint there.
But yeah, that's my comments there. Your industry powder coating is it's pretty safe right now. In fact, we will probably see some more business come a long way. Our touch-up paint industry, uh, architectural paints, yeah, it's definitely uh, a bit of a struggle right now with the, with the raw material and supply chain uh, going on as we speak. Yeah, I think this is really sage advice. Gabe the sage, for sure. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call you from here on out, because I think your perspective is just what we need to understand, because I'm still reeling from what I came from during powder coating week, especially on this topic. Some other topics that we had that were discussed, keynotes and stuff, I felt, wow, the podcast was, and our future thought or our principles or some of the things that we talked about in the past and some of the questions I've talked about here in trends and stuff were really spot on. So I think that's great. But this was this one kind of kept me thinking, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I really appreciate your honesty. It definitely is going to give our audience the insight to maybe beef up on some things and prepare for maybe some larger continued business. And that's a positive thing, but also be cautious about it too. Don't overbuy. Sometimes powders don't always last. Some of the thoughts that I've had is maybe if we have an in-house powder color that we use, like our blacks, silvers, and whites, have a, a secondary favorite. In case that favorite isn't available, maybe have your secondary favorite go-to source. Yeah. yeah, there's never any problems with having a backup plan or a second plan in motion, just in case something does happen and that way you're covered. Like with my customers here, the other thing in this time, this supply chain issue time that we're having right now, people want to know when they're getting in their products, but it's very good to be transparent and inform them on when they will be receiving their products. So for us, we wrote out, we look at this daily, what is our lead time going to be at? When do we have certain things on the schedule? So I think it is very important to be transparent with your customers in this time of supply chain here. Yeah, I think it's great. I'm already writing notes down. (laughs) Because I think you've solved the question that's been keeping me up at night. We usually carry quite a bit of stock just because we know we can anticipate the blacks and the whites and and the silvers, but you don't want to overbuy if you don't have to because it puts money out of cash flow, but also you don't want to hang on to it because especially the carbon-based powders, Mm -hmm. like all the blacks and stuff, they don't necessarily last in humid environments, but blacks tend to chunk up faster than some of the other powders that we've had on the shelf for a much longer time period. So it's like tricky because it is one of the most requested colors, but then we want to have enough, but then we don't want to run out, but then like we want to have it easily accessible. And I think that's sort of the the understanding and the new, you know, paradigm shift in thinking. And it goes hand in hand. I had Jace Kayser on at the beginning of the year. He's come on now second time and he's out in Nebraska and he, we mostly talked about people and hiring and stuff, but we also talked about similar topics that we're talking about here and how you really need to start shifting your thinking a little different in terms of that order on demand kind of mentality that we've probably been privileged to being in a first world country. We need to think a little bit more cautiously and a little bit more prepared wise, whatever, for not just powder, but everything. Those days, hopefully they return back. But for right now, 
for my specific industry and touch-up paints, those days are over. It's just you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer to get that product. Like our turnaround time right now is five to seven days. This maybe about six months ago, we were at zero to three working business days. And it's a lot of our stuff that if someone were to call me right now, you would have gotten that paints manufactured, shipped out the door that same day. But for us, we, we are so busy. We do have stock of paint currently as well. And, you know, I guess as, as people are shifting and looking at different vendors to be their paint manufacturer, we have seen a very big increase in customers uh, coming to us here now. And, and definitely it's, it's pushed our lead time a lot longer than what we are expecting. But from what we have collected from them and from what they have told us, we, we actually in line either better or exceeding what else is out there in, in regards to touch up paint time on the market. So Maybe uh, you don't get that paint next day, but you will eventually get it. So that's where your strategic planning definitely comes into play. Or either you're going to have to order double that amount or a little bit more inventory on hand to cover you. Yeah. And I think especially for you, Gabe, it's a way to think of your company and who you are as a supplier or a manufacturer. Your company in and of itself is very unique, right? There aren't a lot of companies that do what you do. And I think to a lot of custom coders out there that survive on their uniqueness, dive down into the more unique you are, the more in demand you will be because yes. you're providing something that isn't readily available to that guy down the street can't do for $5 less or something like that. Or find it at your local hardware store. Right. You know, yeah. You know. Really think hard about your pricing, it just seems the more and more popular we get, the higher our prices are going to go because we understand that Ross is seriously like the best powder coater in the state. So if you want that, you're going to pay for it. And so far, nobody's squealing. So that means I need to charge more money. Kim, we've been in a unique situation as well, too. In the past three years, and even with everything that COVID going on, we have not budged on our pricing yet. So it definitely is, it's in the talks though, because an empty paint can is now almost double the price of what I was getting it for last year. I do have multiple vendors. They did give me pricing increases as well, but we still trying to hang on and hold on to the price point that we have set out in the last three years. We are also looking at possibly bumping up our rates there. Yeah, I hail you for not having done that yet. And I've been talking to Valerie Lennon, who's the sponsor of the show, Benco Sales, and they supply the methylene chloride to a lot of custom coders out there. And as a wholesaler or someone that's supplying the industry, I think it's really awesome that you guys have held your prices down for a long time. And I think we were all just hoping that this was going to be a temporary thing too. I mean, there's no need to overreact quite yet, right. but it does seem like that this supply chain issue that is happening and also with everything that's unfolding in, in Ukraine and Russia, it, it is very possible that we will need to you know, mark our prices more appropriately so that we can also be financially strong and continue to uh, expand and develop our lines of paint and, and improve the processes that we have and continue to serve you guys as your paint company. Yeah. And that goes again in the paradigm shift of thinking, right? As a business owner, that goes into thinking like knowing that tomorrow might be more 
right? Tomorrow might be higher. Not to rush for the exits and buy a bunch of toilet paper and restock up, but just know that today when you're estimating your client's job today, and then a month from now you go to order, Mm. that price may not be. So beef up your estimates or put disclaimers in your estimates that they're only good for 60 days, 30 days, whatever, 10 days even. Mm -hmm. These are some of the things that you should think about because the suppliers are holding the line right now, but may not be able to do so in the future. That's Mm -hmm. again, another sage perspective that we're addressing in terms of thinking through things. Um, I've even seen some new things come out here recently by some vendors that uh, they're adding little uh, percentage increases at the end of the bill. There would be one called like a supply chain surcharge or a transportation surcharge. I'm starting to see those become more Mm -hmm. popular here now. But yeah, those are some of the things that we having to think of but with everything in inflation also taking effect here. But again, you got to price your things appropriately so that you as a business can survive and continue to keep on uh, being operational. Yeah, I still thinking just like how the world's changed in two years. It's literally been two years and how much has changed. And you guys even had to go through the whole Texas thing. People are still talking about that. And then you had some energy thing, or I don't know, what else did you, tell me what you've had. We had had a snowstorm (laughs) and it definitely made a havoc out of things. It was also an energy crisis because the the energy infrastructure was not set up to, to handle this type of cold weather. So it was definitely, it it was not good. It was rumors that some vendors had their inventory freeze and it was completely destroyed. And also the time being off of that work, it definitely did not help out in any of the situation we were in. Yeah, the winter storm was was not a good one here. (laughs) And then you had flooding, but that's normal for for Texas, right? You guys usually get some flooding. I don't know about Dallas. Sometimes there's flooding, but in 2019, we had a tornado that went through the whole uh, downtown of Dallas. We we got so lucky there. We were down for four days because we did not have any electricity or internet. But if you were to go and walk over to the next street, those businesses got wiped out. Yeah, we, de- we definitely uh, missed that one and we missed a bullet there. So we were just thankful that we didn't get hit by that tornado. So that was in 2019 and then 2020 happened. And then now we're in 2021 with these raw material shortages. I feel like right now it's actually more of a nightmare than it was in in 2020. (laughs) But uh, at least the doors are open. We have quite a few more employees here than we did starting in 2019 or in 2020. So I'm very thankful that people have jobs. We're just trying to work through the nightmares of supply chain issues and raw materials right now. you have to be very creative in these times. You're trying to capture all the business here as well, too, with, with the new customers coming in and, and talking to us. So we're very thankful for them as well. But so we're just trying to just keep stocked up and then also support this new incoming business that we're seeing as well. So in your opinion, then, we're talking about COVID. So what are you keeping any changes that you've made moving forward then with the whole pandemic, the floods? The tornado, the the winter storm. Have you changed the way you're hiring people? What are some of the changes you're keeping? Yeah, so we, we currently are keeping most of our safety precautions here. You know, we, we check with our employees daily, make sure they're not running a temperature, experiencing any COVID-like symptoms. Definitely keeping high traffic places that people you know visit, sanitize quite a bit more often than we, what we were. 
you know, when COVID wasn't a thing. But we are still currently keeping all the safety precautions here at our facility. Yes, Makes sense. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what do you think moving forward? You're just saying this is the new normal. And so things normalize and get back to a rhythm because you have something that becomes more popular and everything goes over here. And then you got something else that becomes more popular and then you're over here. Until things normalize, it's in my opinion that we probably won't see things start to recover until the first quarter of 2023. That's what, what word is on the street currently right now. But that's what we're pretty much experiencing uh, and what I'm hearing as of right now is it's going to be possible first quarter of 2023 here. For my industry, since there is a raw material shortage, we could be posting same numbers as we did last year, capped out. Because let's say everyone does come to me and starts buying paint from Crossing Paints. And if, I, if there is a raw material shortage, eventually I'm going to run out of paint too. And our sales numbers are going to be capped. Right. So, so that's something that maybe you can consider there as well. But until the labor force shifts back into producing more manufacturing, especially in China, where most of the binder, the resin, raw materials are coming from. Until that kind of starts normalizing, we got to get transportation going good again as well, too, because it doesn't help that stuff is stuck in a port in California or stuck in a warehouse somewhere, or it's just waiting to get picked up by a freight company. When we fix all those issues, I think we can definitely start seeing our turnaround times go lower, or either we got to start technologically advancing ourselves as well to move from point A to point B a little bit faster, or if there's some type of alternative that we could use, that is possible as well. But until then, we're in a bit of a situation here where this is going to be a a very normal thing to expect paint products. Or for me, my turnaround is five to seven days. It wasn't normal six months ago, but it is very normal here right now. I do hear that other touch-up paint companies are much more longer than me. No, but given they they probably much bigger companies and they're doing much bigger order sizes. Right. But someone that's compared to my size here, five to seven days is exceptionally well on the turnaround time. Uh, yeah. Anything if you're expecting anything quicker or sooner, it's very unreasonable as of right now. So yeah, it makes sense. And then to let your customers know if you're a powder coder, a custom coder, do an email blast or Anytime they come in, hey, give me a heads up next time. We post this on our online website and we did send out an email blast, which you did see because we like to be very transparent with our customers because sometimes our paint is what's holding up this project being completed and it keeps uh, that $10,000 check uh, from ending up in your pockets. We, we work very hard to be very transparent with our customers and keep them you know, informed of, of what is going on specifically in, uh, in regards to our turnaround time. Yeah, I don't think China's going to be sharing anything anytime soon, like their resins. I think they're suffering with their own problems and stuff. And yeah, so it'll be interesting to see moving forward what they end up doing. It seems like they're trying to, I don't know what they're doing, shutting down again, or they're in all different phases of uh, post-pandemic kind of stuff. But I really appreciate you coming on today and again, being transparent with our audience who may or may not have gotten your email. And I'd love for you to continue to come on as things unfold here for us on your end of the industry. Yeah, hopefully uh, next time is better, definitely better news. But for right now, this is what you can expect. And uh, everyone seems to, at first, uh, there was some pushback here and there on it, but everyone seems to be willing to work together understand as long as you're transparent and you keep that line of communication open 
As soon as you cut that off, that's when people start to get upset and start losing business. But most of our customers are very appreciative of what we're doing and glad that we are transparent. We do have some people that it's my paint and I need it now. Right. And we have to be very firm and say, hey, this is an unrealistic expectation what, what we have here. We do have a lot of orders in our system right now, and we're trying to handle everyone accordingly as they, as they come in. And you know, we don't want to treat anyone unfairly by having someone jump the line in front of somebody else. When you start explaining those things, they end up understanding and they will work with you. But yeah, it's uh, definitely been a very, very interesting experience here the last couple of months uh, and what's unfolding here. Yeah, I don't think that if you're experiencing a customer like that now after all of this, yeah. come on, dude, <laughs> get with the program. Usually you haven't looked will, outside your window. <laughs> Things have changed. And I think that is an awesome thing that with all of these trials and tribulations that all of us have gone and gone through personally, professionally, employee-wise, commercial-wise, whatever, we do and are adapting accordingly to whatever's coming or lurking around the corner kind of thing. And uh, I think that only breeds more adaptability or more ability to be flexible with all levels of your life, just to understand it. Take a breath. It's okay. Sometimes Um, I tell my customers, like, take a deep breath. And then as once one person told me to say, it's just paint. Now we begin the, the floor for discussion. How can I help you? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to use that line. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Gabe. Again, go over to crosslinkpaints.com. Crosslinkpaints.com. Check out what he sells. We use him for all of our Tiger and PPG, Cardinal, TCI, all of them, Interpon, Exalta too. If you need a paint, a touch-up paint to match many of the colors that they sell, then, or if you need to order just a pound of those colors, you maybe just working on a small, tiny project, you don't need to buy a whole five pounds or 50 pounds of whatever they're selling Crosslink, Gabe is your guy. Crosslink is your place to go. Definitely give us a ring and I have uh, sales reps ready to assist you in your questions and guide you on the uh, right purchase. So uh, we definitely here to help and we do stock a lot of REL colors. Uh, Yes. But when you get to start bigger quantities, that's when you're running into the issues of having to manufacture them. There, there are lots of REL colors we do have on the shelf ready to available to ship the same day. But uh, Yeah, and your customer service is exceptional. I, I must admit, I've had my urgencies here and there, and everybody's responded right away to my questions and answered my questions right away and stuff like that. It's more than just selling just paint. It is the customer service behind Crosslink that makes you guys, to me, I think extra, especially when you're doing the volumes that you're doing and you still can keep that friendly attentiveness to my needs. Cause you know, everybody's got the crisis. I'm the most important customer you have, whatever kind of thing. That's very uh, good to know. Thank you, Kim. And yeah. bring that up in my next sales meeting I have next week with my, uh, my sales team here, I'll let them know that they give you a Oh, thank you. Yes, you yeah. bet. All right. Have a beautiful day, audience. If you are listening to us or watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, smash that like button, 
<laughs> and if you have a testimonial, go to Apple or go to wherever we are online and share it with the world because we need to get more people listening to what we're doing here. We're we're moving earth. We're changing the game. We're changing the industry as best we can. And that's my only goal is to get the, the latest, greatest information. And that's why I've had Gabe on the show today. And it's been a pleasure to have you, Gabe. Thank you very much, Kim. And I enjoyed the podcast a lot. And hopefully next time we do another one, hopefully I, I bet there will be some better news here coming soon. I'm Until definitely going to have you that. in 2023 for sure. We're going to see yeah. if that prediction is right. We'll look back on this video and, and, and uh, reflect upon it. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what you think about what we've talked about today. Did we not think of something? Is there something we could have covered more? Or what do you think about what we've talked about today? Have a great day and aloha.